Well, this morning we are speaking from Romans chapter 12. That's a familiar chapter. We've been speaking on it now for this is the third week, if you're keeping track. Um, and it's been this um, kind of ongoing revelation, ongoing study that, um, that I've been reading and doing in, uh, um, in my own life. And so I just put it on out there for all of us. So placing your life before God. And it's Romans chapter 12, and the two scriptures are verses 20 and 21. We have, we have spoken of the other scriptures. Anybody remember that? Taking your everyday life, your ordinary life, your, your eating, your sleeping, your going to bed life, and placing it before God as an offering. That's verse 1. But the last two verses of, of, this, of this chapter of Romans chapter 12 is our scripture tells us, and this is from the Message Bible, Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. (laughs) Or if he is thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Hmm. Now, did you know that if you do not determine an action ahead of time, the chances are you're going to be swept away by the emotion when the action is presented. Now, um, I know I've been using the idea of, uh, of, of stealing, or, uh, but you know, any, any type of promotion or things when people are around you. Anybody, you know, whenever you're with a group of individuals. Last night, we were coming down the hill from Richland, and about the spot where the young teenager was killed this last week, two individuals flew by us, probably doing 100 miles an hour. And I'm assuming that they were teenagers, but they could not, and they may not have been. And, and the sad thing is, you know that one person had the idea, and another person agreed. <laughs> okay? One person had the idea, and another person agreed. Now, that what happens is, if you don't make up your mind before something is presented, chances are you're going to do it. Now, so if you are driving, (laughs) we call it road rage for us older people. (laughs) If you don't make up your mind ahead of time that you're not going to get carried away with road rage, that when somebody cuts you off, you're not going to get upset. Anybody ever... Anybody get upset when people cut you off? Okay, for some of you who don't know about it. But anyhow, so what you have to do is you have to predetermine that when so, because you're going to get cut off. People are going to cut you off. How do you know that? <laughs> Hello? Do you drive? You know, there's always somebody going to do something that makes you upset. If you don't make up your mind ahead of time that when somebody does something to me to get me upset, I'm going to respond by being good. (laughs) I'm going to respond a certain way. I'm not going to get upset. You see, if you don't, if we don't, I don't, make up my mind now that when somebody cuts me off when I'm driving my car and, and that I'm not going to get upset, I will not, I will have already made a predetermined decision about what an event what I'm going to do when that event happens. He said, does that help? Yes. 
about, I think it's almost 80% of our responses, uh, if we make up our mind ahead of time how we're going to respond, we will, ha- we will respond accordingly. If we do not make a decision about what we're going to do, we are more than likely going to be swept away with the emotion of the moment. Now, whenever we're reading Romans chapter 12, it gives to us a number of decisions that we are to make. All right? But we're, we're going to get there in a minute. But we see that if we, do, if we have a predetermined action, it gives you a greater chance of staying away from it. Staying away from smoking, drinking, drugs, affairs, stealing, lying, gossiping. If you don't, and there's others you can add to the list, if there are things, if you, if you are caught in this with friends um, or people or acquaintances. Now, friends, I use that term lightly because if they're really your friends and friends are going to be encouragers to encourage your life upward, whenever you're with a group of individuals that take your life downward, they're not your friends. Okay? They're not your friends. Friends are people who will know you for who you are and always be there to encourage you to take you up, not to bring you down. They will not be there to tear other people down. If, you're, if your life is built around tearing other people down, you really don't have much of a life. <laughs> See? If your life is about tearing others down... Really, the, 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 the principle is, if I cannot live up to where people are, I will tear them down to where I am. That's a critic. So, the challenge is, it isn't that we're perfect, and that we're trying to... The idea is that we're always trying to take ourselves up. We're always trying to build ourselves up. We're always trying to give ourselves an advantage. And the advantage in a, in, a, in a purely emotional, in a purely psychological self-help perspective, you're always looking to build yourself up. You're always trying to add value to you. Well, in the biblical perspective, in the spiritual perspective, we have a spiritual way of, of building our life up no matter what happens to us in life. So, if we're, if we're predetermining an action uh, that we are going to respond a certain way, that you, if you use that in a purely self-help way, which is, uh, you can read the books on that one, and it'll tell you that you've got to predetermine your actions before they happen. You make up your mind what you're going to say, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. If you don't, you're allowing yourself to be swept away by whatever comes and goes. A double-minded man is an individual who is driven by the wind and waves and tossed. Well, which way are they going to be today? I don't know. Which way is the wind blowing? What type of person are you? Are you? What type of personality do you have? Are you along for the ride or are you, are you steering the ship? <laughs> you see, and ultimately, as a, as a Christian, we are going to be responsible for our life. Whenever it's all over, we're going to stand before God and we're going to give account of our life. And, you know, that's a day when God says, you know, enter into heaven or, sorry, I don't know you. 
Well, so we look at that, and we say, oh, well, God, all he's interested in putting us in heaven or hell. No. God has given us an entire lifetime to achieve the greatness for which we were created. God has given us his scripture and his word to work in our life to, to take us to a point that we can develop into the person God intended us to be from when we were in our mother's womb. So there's a whole purpose that God is doing inside of us and through us and in our minds and our hearts. And it's more than just a spiritual thing. It is a mental thing. You know people who are mental, don't you? (laughs) That's a little joke. (laughs) Uh, You didn't get it. Okay. Um, Integrity. The word integrity. Integrity comes... It's a math term. I didn't know that. Integrity, and didn't know that until I wrote this, integrity is a math term that means whole. And now integrity is a whole number. Lois made me a pie. And it was, very, it was, an, it was an integral pie. It was whole. But it's not whole anymore. <laughs> it's half eaten, eaten. So it is no longer, that pie is no longer an integrated pie, <laughs> meaning whole. Right? It, is, it is cut in half and gone. But anyhow, whenever we have our, uh, as a person, we are to be an integrated person, a whole person. And what does a whole person look like? Okay, look at somebody beside you and say, is this a whole person? <laughs> uh, no, there's a few bricks shy of a load there. Their elevator only stops in crawl spaces, okay? <laughs> so we will model our thoughts and our actions after someone. We will model our thoughts and actions after someone. Who are we going to model them after? You know, we were all, you know, no one grew up in a perfect place. We all grew up in dysfunctional families. And there was no perfect families, you know? You know, there's no one perfect, sorry, you know? You know, we all have our idiot, idiot, whatever. I was going to say idiots in our family, idiosyncrasies. You know, and if you look through the family tree, there's always somebody hanging from it. (laughs) You know, there's, you know, there is no perfect family. There's no perfect situation, no ideal. You know, um, one guy had, he said, if you want to go to a perfect church, uh, don't come to mind. Because we have a lot of imperfect people, you know. Uh, and then another one says, if you want a perfect church, don't attend. You'll spoil it. You know, <laughs> you'll ruin it. You know, because there is no one that is perfect. So we will model our thoughts and actions after someone. So we must choose the goal. And the goal is to choose what is our immediate and long-term goals. And remember I said that we're going to be dead a lot longer than we are alive. So long-term planning is important. <laughs> Heaven. All right, so, friends, and we go back to our friends, and what do our friends encourage us? How do they encourage us? What thoughts do they put in your mind? And what, you know, we all have influencers, and we have to be careful who our influencers are, and are those people who influence us, do they have biblical perspectives? Do they have godly perspectives? Do they really, are they really looking out for your best interest? Because a friend will do that. Friends don't manipulate. Friends don't guilt you into something. You chicken. 
Are you a chicken? Quack, quack, quack. No, that's a duck. Yeah, you chicken. <laughs> so friends lift us up. They build character. Life is about living up to the challenge, not living down. Living up. Preparation is living up to the test. To do the test. Imagine a teacher that didn't, didn't want you, didn't care if you passed or failed. Now, that's only in college. But, you know, but, uh, you know imagine you know, what the Rhonda, they're doing the PSSAs, right? Yeah, they're doing the PSSAs this week, the teachers. And if your kids are having them, they've been prepared. Rhonda even got a little note from a, a, one of her students that said, Thank you, Mrs. McGee, for preparing me for the test. You know, I now can take the test. You know, and that's what it should be. God is preparing us for life. God is preparing us to take life as it comes and dealing with it. And if we don't set in motion what a perspective of what is coming, we will fail what when it hits. Why? Because we will be swept away. Sad to say the, the tsunami, you know, that earthquake, it happened. And people were swept away. You know, there was no time to prepare. And of course, there are, you know, there's even a definition, there's one definition of sin that talks about being swept away by the emotion, being swept away at the moment. But then there's another type of sin which is deliberately planned and set out and accomplished. A thought, a plan, an action. See, what we're doing then is trying to get rid of those types of Uh, of setbacks in our life. So, there's a poem that says, living is giving your best self away. Living is giving your best self away. Living is helping someone every day. Living is giving more than you get. It's helping the handicapped cross the street. It's smiling at the new person at work that you meet. It's respect for all nations, colors, and creeds. It's sharing and caring for your neighbor's needs. One of God's greatest laws you can never live, excuse me, one of God's greatest laws you can live and believe, it is the more that you give, the more that you receive. You see, that there is a purpose to what we do, and there is a pattern to what we do. I I thought, I didn't didn't do this, but I've thought about it. Someday I'm going to bring in one ear of corn, this be a good time. Spring's coming. Uh, if you want, a, want an idea, take something. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But you take one ear of corn and you shell it. Put it in a, put it in a container. All right? Now, how many ears of corn, how many kernels of corn will that one ear produce? Have any idea? You see, uh, Growing up on the farm, we would have bushels of corn seed. And from those bushels of corn seed, we would have corn cribs full of corn, silos chopped and full of corn from bushels of seed. You see, one seed can produce, usually produces two ears of corn on a stalk, one to two ears on a stalk. And if there are 
one seed and there are 100 kernels, and there's more than 100 on each, each um, stalk on each ear. So you have one seed producing 200 kernels. That's like, whoa. And, and, I, and so one seed will produce 200 kernels. That's the law of sowing and reaping. When you love, you know, in, in Romans chapter 12, uh, it's telling about this process of which we are living by and we are planting. And so the scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. What are you doing? You're planting seed in that person's life. But more importantly, you're not taking what they're giving. You are giving what you have. When you give what you have, it changes the perspective of what's going on around you. That's why whenever we are making up our minds before something happens, that when somebody cuts me off, when somebody wants me to steal, when somebody wants me to lie, when somebody wants me to do something that is breaking God's commandment, gossip, tear people down, when you are when people want you to do those things and you do the opposite, you're doing what this scripture is saying. When our scripture tells if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. And what happens is we are taking our seed and planting it in in their life rather than our taking their discouragement and their bitterness and their destructive characteristics and taking it into ours. You have a choice. We have choices. And what happens is that the Spirit of God is there trying to teach us about the gifts of God and the presence of God and the love of God and how it will change our lives. So, in your life, if you were to write down your values on a 4 by 6 card, what would your values and how many values would we have? Now, I didn't do this, but I wish I did. You know, so I always think of these sermons and things you could do to it to make it better. Maybe I'll do it next week. Then again, maybe not. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, in Romans chapter 12, let me back up a little bit. Anybody ever fly? You know, fly in a small plane, okay? And you got in the plane, or even on a big airplane. You ever fly in a big airplane? Do you ever see the people running around, looking at the kicking the tires and looking underneath it and all that stuff? What are they doing? It's a pre-flight check. Now, um, I have a friend that has, you know, has a plane. He's a very intelligent man, you know. And he pulls this piece of paper out, and he goes through it. All right, check this, turn this on. Tap, 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 taps the gauge, make sure it's working, not stuck. He goes through every one of these things on his, on his checklist, his pre-flight checklist. And, and he's already, and he has the things he's done outside. Before he got into plane, he has this. And in the major airlines, you always have somebody doing a visual check before they take off. You know, gasoline, de- you know, airplane fuel running out the, out the uh, wing is not a good thing. You know, fuel and oil leaking out of an engine is not a good thing. If you can see those things, you certainly don't want to be flying. But anyhow, they have a pre-flight checklist. 
So, I thought of Romans chapter 12 as a daily checklist before we take off for the day. Okay? Now, the reason I came came up with this, God did it to me. No, I won't blame him. Uh, If it's really good, God did it, and if it does, it's really terrible, it's my thoughts, okay? Anyhow, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Today, okay, um, my everyday ordinary life, I'm going to place it before God as an offering. So that's my statement of purpose. My statement of purpose, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and we're looking at this, and I'm taking it from the Message Bible, okay? So I, I want you to, you know, I was, what I would do, I was going to make this a pre-flight checklist, okay? So that whenever we get up in the morning and we start our day, we could read this over. And what is my everyday, my ordinary life, place it before God as an offering. So that's my statement of purpose. Now, this is a checklist, Embrace what God does best for me. And you're going to say, check. Ready? You're going to say check about 50 times here. So we're going to learn how to do this. I will embrace, this is my checklist for the day, I will embrace what God does best for me. You're getting there. It's slow, but it's all right. I will fix my attention on God and be changed from the inside out. I will be ready for what God wants me to do, and I will be quick to respond. You already are getting slow. I will not be drugged down. Everybody say check. One, two, three. All right, now, when I go like this, that means say the word. God will bring out the best in me today. We're on verse three. I will live in the pure grace of God, which means unmerited favor. God sees me and he looks beyond, he loves me because he loves me. Not because I'm something special. Remember we did that a couple weeks ago? Um, I will not misinterpret my purpose, for God brings out the goodness in me. I am part of the body of Christ. I find my meaning and function as part of his body. I am an excellently formed and marvelously functioning part of Christ's body. Some of you didn't believe that. But you see, it's part of the checklist. I am going forward to be what God made me to be. I will not be envious or pridefully compare myself with others. My gifts, if I'm preaching, I will proclaim the truth. Anybody ever blamed the preaching? Parents, were you ever blamed the preaching to your kids? What, you preaching, Mom? <laughs> You're taking that up from the pastor? It's his job, not yours. <laughs> if helping... I will help and not take over. If teaching, I will teach the truth. If giving, I will give encouragement and not be bossy. (laughs) 
Isn't this a quite this is this is in Romans chapter 12. I didn't make this up. If I am in charge, I will not manipulate. If giving aid to people in distress, I will be alert and I will be quick to respond. If helping the disadvantaged, I will be calm and not irritated or depressed with them. I will keep smiling. I will love from the center of who I am and I will not be faking it. I will run from evil. I will hold on for dear life to that which is good. Do you need help? No. One, two, three, say check. check. All right. All right. Come on now. I will be a good friend and I will love deeply. I will not get burned out. I will keep fueled and ready to go. I am going to be alert. On Sunday morning, in which I sprang ahead, and I know how hard it was to get here. <clears throat> I am cheerful and expectant. I will not quit in hard times. I will pray. I will help needy Christians. I will practice hospitality. I will bless my enemies and not curse under my breath. (laughs) It's in there. I will bless my enemies and not curse under my breath. Check. I will laugh with happy friends. I will share tears don't like tears. I will get along with others. I will not be stuck up. I'm losing my checks here. I will make friends with nobody. (laughs) I will make friends with nobodies. I will not hit back. I will discover beauty in everyone. Check. I will get along with others. Check. I will not try and get even. That's God's business. He will will be the judge. Check. If my enemy is hungry, I will feed him lunch. Check. If he is thirsty, I will get him a drink. And the final one is, Why do I do this? Because my generosity will surprise my enemies and I will not let evil get the best of me. I will get the best of evil by doing good. Purpose. Check. You see, these are our pre-flight checklist. These are our, these are, these are actions that we are putting in place that will help us be CEO of our own lives. You see, in, 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 first, in 2 Kings chapter 5, 
Naaman was a general in the Assyrian army. And Naaman had leprosy. And in one of his raids into Israel, in, into Israel he, he took captive a, a young girl. And this young girl became a servant to his wife. Now, Naaman has this leprosy, and he's, you know, it's getting pretty bad. And this young girl says, well, you haven't heard about the prophet in Israel who can make people well. Well, Naaman, this Assyrian general, says, I want to know who this guy is. So he goes to Israel to find him. And he takes along with him 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothes. He's going to get healed. (laughs) So, when he arrives at the prophet's house, okay, he arrives at the prophet's house, and Elisha, the prophet, says to his servant, go out and tell the Assyrian to go dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. And it'll be okay. Now, this Naaman, N-A-A-M-A-N, Naaman, gets furious. He's mad. He said, that prophet doesn't even come out and see me. He sends his servant. And he wants me to go dip seven times in their dirty, filthy Jordan River. We have cleaner rivers back in Assyria. I'm not doing it. And he walked away mad. He was going home. He was taking his gold and his silver, and he was going home. And the servant of Naaman says to him, Naaman, if the prophet had asked you to do something really hard and difficult, would you have done it? He says, yeah. He said, well, what have you, basically, what have you got to lose? Go dip seven times in the river. See what happens. So Naaman, you know, he's, he's got the leprosy. And he's, he's going to die from it. And so, okay, what have I got to lose? So he goes down in the river, and he dips himself down in the river. Five, six times. Nothing's happened. But he dips himself the seventh time. And he comes up and he's cleansed. Now, you see, sometimes when we have our checklists, if they were things that were really, really difficult, we would look at them and we would say, wow, this will make me holy. This will really make me somebody that I'm not. In reality, it's the simple things that God is telling us that makes the biggest difference in our lives. The checklist. You see, how and why. Management is about the how and leadership is about the why. Why are we doing this? We are doing it because Jesus Christ has come into our life to forgive us of our sins. He has come into our lives to make us a new person from the inside out. He's come to put our name in his book of life in which we will live forever. He has come to love us unconditionally. That's the why. 
And the management of this relationship with God, the management of this relationship is allowing the Spirit of God to work in our life through a, through a simple checklist of what He will help us do. Do you think that you on your own, I on my own, can be a changed person to go about this checklist that is listed there in Romans chapter 12? Do you think I can do that on my own? If I could do it on my own, then I don't need God. But with God's help, I'm going through the checklist and I'm looking at these things and I am telling myself and I am saying that because God loves me, that's the why, and the management of that relationship I have with God is the checklist that I am going through. And as I go through this checklist, I am finding out through God's word what God wants me to do in managing my Christianity that I will be the person that God created me to be. You are the manager, the steward of your life. God has given to us the responsibility of me. How do I make it easy to live with me? How do I make it easy to do life with me? That's a change of heart. Now, I'll close with this. Did you ever go to a restaurant and whenever you're checking out, they take your money and they say, did you have a good service today? Have a wonderful day. They got the checklist, but they don't have the why. Okay? They got the checklist. I'll be nice to people who don't like me. (laughs) I will pray for those who don't need to be prayed for. I will not get upset with people who cut me off. I will not. You see, we got the checklist, but we don't have the change of heart. The change of heart gives meaning to the checklist. People who... Real, did, did you really? Did you like your meal today? <laughs> yeah, you know I go I go to I go to uh, breakfast uh, at Perkins on Saturday. No, Sunday morning. <laughs> Sunday morning, and uh, Steve's not here, but it's his it's his uh, sister-in-law that that she has waited on me since Big Boy was. <laughs> You remember? And how many remember Big Boy? Up, it's now where the Wimber Medical. It's behind, beside. Um, it's across from Burger King, yeah. And Jody has been my has waited on me since then, and Jody probably 25, 30 years. And so she's the waitress up at um, Eaton Park, not Eaton Park, Perkins that I go to. And all I have to do is go in. She says, I'll be over. She brings my coffee. She brings me water. And she brings me my oatmeal with my raisins and toast every day. And, and she makes it. And it's just, you know, I enjoy going there. But not because I like Perkins, but because I like Jody. <laughs> okay? And, and Jody is Steve's sister-in-law. 
Well, then you go to the checkout counter and you give them the money and they go, how was your food and service today? Would you like anything from the bakery? No. It was wonderful. I liked everything but the atmosphere, the food, and the, and, and the uh, people around. I told them that one Sunday. I said, I like everybody. I liked everything but the food, the atmosphere, and the people who work here. And she goes, what? <laughs> Besides that, everything was great. <laughs> and she goes, what? <laughs> now, because they just, they know the, the checklist, but they don't have it in their heart. And that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. We know the why. And the why of the relationship is because he loves me. And he plans his best for me. With that in mind, I have the checklist of life that enables me to fly. <laughs> ah, how many are ready to fly? Check. <laughs> so maybe next week I'll have all these in a little checklist and you can go through there and put them in whatever and have them. All right? But we ready to fly. Everybody say check. You're not ready to fly. <laughs> You're just like, did you have this food and service today? Yeah, did you, oh, really? Did you like the food and service today? Would you like to have something from the bakery? <laughs>